0: Welcome to the Rise Up For You podcast, where thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and executives from around the world share their practical tips, strategies, and stories to help you unleash your potential and achieve your goals. Your journey of growth to become your best starts now.
1: Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us again here at the Rise Up For You podcast. I'm super thrilled to have Mark Glatzel as our guest today. So Mara, we always like to start off the episode by asking you to tell us a little bit about yourself in your own words. So basically brag, brag about what like you you
0: do. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. My name is Mara Glatzel and I am an author and a coach and a podcast host. And really, I'm a needy human who helps other needy humans figure out how to identify, honor, and advocate for their needs. And have found that this is a conversation that reaches into every aspect of your life from work to your relationships, because knowing what you need, knowing how to ask for what you need are essential skills for having relationships that are rich in emotional intimacy and honesty and where your needs are met.
1: Yeah, I'm very excited for this conversation, actually, because one of our superpowers is confidence here. We talk a lot about self-confidence and feeling enough. And I'm a firm believer that when you disrespect or not honor your needs, right? And your values, every time you do that, there's a little piece of you that you kind of chip away that dies, right? Your self-confidence because uh, internally, you're not really respecting your needs and, and your values. So we can really dive deep into this, but I think I'm more curious just to start right now with how did you get into this? Like w- one morning you woke up and said like, I need to break this all down for people to understand their values and needs. Like what's the story behind it? I'm curious.
0: So I had been working, um, running my business and doing coaching around self-care for seven, eight years when my first child was born. Mm. And at that point I realized that so much of so many people were having a hard time figuring out how to care for themselves because they didn't know what they needed. And that I myself didn't know. It didn't have a working vocabulary for how to express what I needed to other people. And we have a lot of roads to that. You know, it may be that there wasn't space for your needs during your childhood or, you know, we quite literally don't have the vocabulary because we're not having these conversations. So we don't even know what we're allowed to ask for. And through that transpersonal transition my work transitioned as well because i thought you know this is this is sort of the thing this is the reason why the self care conversation feels so hollow because we might be able to pick some things off of a listicle and try to help ourselves feel better but that self care is prescriptive and not responsive and if we want to feel satisfied, if we want to reduce the stress that we carry in our bodies, if we want to feel well-tended to, we have to figure out what we need because that's how we can best use our energy, our time, our attention um, to care for ourselves in the way that only we need, right? And In that gap um, that I was already experiencing with so many of my clients, I started to work specifically on needs and how to figure out how to get in touch with yourself, rebuild your relationship with yourself, rebuild your self-trust, and of course, rebuild your confidence. That's a huge piece of this.
1: So in a world that is constantly telling you what you need and how you should be and what you should have... how how do you like what's the first step for an individual understanding like like what do what do i need not what instagram tells me not what mm-hmm media is screaming at me that I need not what like my friends and culture telling me how do we decipher what we need as an individual opposed to because I see this a lot with clients and I'm sure you do too opposed to people chasing what they think they need and then they get there and they realize nope that's not what I needed this whole time and then they chase again nope they spend their whole life chasing things Mm -hmm. they think they need but it's not theirs it's for other people right or due to society so Where does somebody even start to understand them?
0: I think the first thing is to realize that if that were going to work, that path that you so beautifully just laid out for us, if that were going to work, it would have worked already. Mm -hmm. And it's not working. It's not working for so many of us. And that's because a one size fit all approach is never going to soothe the ache or tend to our needs or make us feel well cared for. And this is really about building a conversation with yourself, building a relationship with yourself, and noticing that when you turn outward, when you look at, you know, your friends or Instagram or the next listicle for what you should do, that that might be an invitation for you to turn inward and to turn those questions towards yourself. And at the beginning, you may not get a lot of answers, But the more that you ask, the more attention that you place, the more that you work to foster that connection in your relationship with yourself, the more that your own answers will kind of come to the surface and begin to bridge that gap. It can be tricky because we are so well-conditioned to look outside of ourselves for validation, for expertise, for guidance. And it is a a sea change to begin to redirect that energy and that attention inward. But the more that you do, the more that you realize that inspires confidence, that that kind of day-to-day data collection of getting to know yourself and not just when you have to make a big decision or not just when the stakes are high. But during regular, everyday, mundane choices and decisions that you're making, what to feed yourself, what to listen to on the radio when you're going to work, all of those small choices that you're making, build up your confidence in knowing I know myself. And I can make decisions that are in my best interest, even when it might diverge from the status quo, even when it might make, you know, create a life that looks different than what other people expected for me. The more in touch that you are with your own inner guidance, the more confidence you're going to have to make those decisions on your own behalf.
1: Yeah. I'm a firm believer of taking yourself out on dates, you Mm -hmm. know, being diverse in your dates because I think that's how you get to know yourself, right? Like I travel by myself to understand like, oh, that was interesting when I was by myself in this happened or I'll take myself out on a dinner date, right? How do I feel sitting by myself in a room with all these people that are, you know, with couples and family? And I think just putting yourself in situations by yourself, you build a strong self-awareness of how you respond in these situations. And it's funny because oftentimes I get people that say, how do you sit and eat dinner by yourself? Aren't you embarrassed? I'm like, not at all, right? Because, you know, it's a practice, but I'm curious for you, Mar, what, are there any things that you do that help you just get more connected to yourself? Are there any like rituals or routines or anything that you can share with us?
0: Yeah. So I have two little kids, a three-year-old and a six-year-old. So this season of my life is very busy and very noisy and chaotic can be. And so one of my central practices is to take moments to step back, step outside, you know, step into the bathroom, close the door, um, find myself two minutes of space to check in with how I'm doing. And I think we can't, we do, we do, um, underestimate the practice of checking in with ourselves. And it can be so powerful to take that time independent of whatever it is that's going on and just say, Hey, how am I doing? And really, many of us know naturally how to build rapport. We know how to be in relationship. We know how to care and to um, understand the needs of the people in our lives. And so it's important to acknowledge that this is a transferable skill. And I'm asking you to transfer that skill into your relationship with yourself. So taking the time, asking questions, genuinely wanting to know the answer and noticing almost like the same thing. You might be checking your battery on your phone. It's like, how am I doing? How much capacity do I have? What do I need right now? Do I need water? Do I need a snack? Do I need to get outside? Do I need some fresh air? Um, do I need a hug? Whatever that thing might be. But having that conversation with yourself and having that be a regular multiple times during the day kind of conversation can really help. And being an entrepreneur, I braid this into my daily work practice because I'll check in with myself in the morning before I check in with my to-do list and how I feel and what I'm available for informs what things I pull off my to-do list, what things I prioritize over the course of that day and what I might pause or wait until tomorrow or delegate to somebody else. And then at the end of the day, it can be this nice Um, way to transition from the workday to, you know, the rest of your evening to have that be another checkpoint where you think, okay, well, you know, I just expend a lot of energy over the course of the day. What do I personally need now in order to refill my cup so that I'm ready, able, and willing to take on my life tomorrow morning?
1: Yeah. So you brought up something that's really important that I come across a lot that I want to touch upon. It's a little bit of a pivot, but I was recently on a podcast, like last week, talking about confidence and self-care, and the host asked me, okay, well, what about if you're a parent? Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not a parent (laughs) yet, not a parent yet, but I responded with, I think, I think that absolutely, even if you're a parent, you need to be able to honor yourself and make time for yourself so that you can also be a great role model for your kids, but I said all that knowing that I'm not a parent. And we get this question a lot from people that all are parents. We often hear like, I'm too busy. I have two kids. I can't think about my needs. I can't think about myself. Like it's not a priority right now. And I don't think that's the right way to go about it. But again, I think it's, I would love to hear from somebody who is a parent that has a three-year-old. And I think you said a six-year-old. Is that Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You know, can you have it all? Can you be a parent and take care of your kids and still take care of you? Which I think is an important message that we, have to start, you know, rewriting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny because I was doing self-care work before I had children and people would say, you know, sort of so sweet. Wait till you have kids. Um, you know, there go (laughs) all of your beautiful self-care routines. But I have to say that since becoming a parent, my care is infinitely more important than it ever was before because I'm it. I'm, you know, at I'm, I am everything that my children need. I'm feeding them. I'm dressing them. I'm giving them a bath. I'm putting them to bed. I'm doing everything for them. I'm teaching them, hopefully, to the best of my abilities, how to emotionally regulate. I'm connecting with them. I'm helping them build their attachment style. You know, This is big work, and I care about it deeply. And I see myself as the vessel for that labor. So if I'm not in good working order then I don't have anything available to be the kind of parent that I wanna be. And is that always perfect? Absolutely not. You know, I would say that this is a busy season of my life. I have two kids who are a very high energy and very high need. And so I might not be, for example, traveling by myself. I haven't done that in a really long time and I love doing that. That's definitely something I will do more of. But right now that might look like, going on, I don't know, an hour road trip or doing something that's on a smaller scale that's more infinitely accessible for me in this moment, but not stop taking care of myself. Because what I see with so many parents, and this is a pattern, it's not just for parents, we all do this, is I will take care of myself and I put my care on the other side of whatever this obstacle is. So this project at work, um, this hard time in my life, uh you know my kid's childhood i i see this with so many people will say well you know i'll take care of myself when they go to college which that could be you have two kids that could be 25 years of your life you know and the pattern of always putting your care on the other side of something is so insidious because it's true, we can kind of batten down the hatches and go without for periods of time intentionally if we so desire, but we can't do that in the long haul. And if we are always putting ourselves on the other side of something, we will continue to find something to put our care on the other side of for eternity in our lives. Yeah. And so I think, you know, especially for parents, it's so important, you know, the more that I care about everything in my life, the more that I have to care about and for myself because I am the vessel for everything that I offer to you know, every moment of being of service, every moment of contribution that comes through me. And if I'm not in good working order, then what can I really offer anybody?
1: Yeah, you're literally um, speaking the message of rise up for you, which is why it's called that. It rise up for you so that you can rise up and be your best partner. Mm-hmm right? And if you have an empty bucket, then you have no water to give. Um, So I I love, I love. And what I love about what you just said is maybe your self-care just looks different. So not eliminating self-care, but like you said, instead of taking a two week trip, you know, out of the country, maybe it's just an hour where you go to the yoga studio and you spend time with yourself. Maybe it's, you know, a 20 minute walk. So not getting rid of the self-care, but making it work for you in a season that might be a little bit more abundant yeah. You. So absolutely. I love that. Mara, this has been a really great conversation. I want to jump into the power section of the okay. interview. But first I want you to tell us where can we find you? Where can we connect with you on social media? If anybody wants to get in contact with you, how do we do that?
0: Yeah, you can find me at maraglatzel.com. You can scoop up my book. It's called Needy, How to Advocate for Your Needs and Claim Your Sovereignty. And you can find me on Instagram at Mara Glatzel.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Okay, power section time. Okay. So if today were your last day, you know, in the world, what's one golden nugget or one final message you would want to leave with everyone?
0: Your needs matter.
1: And what would you say? I think I might know the answer to this, but (laughs) what would you say is your number one value that's an absolute non-negotiable to you?
0: Mm. Prioritizing joy and celebration.
1: Love that. And lastly, as you know, where the company rise up for you, what comes to mind for you when you hear that phrase?
0: It makes me think about how if I don't have my own back, then everything in my life becomes unsustainable and that the more that I'm able to stand by my own side and prioritize my care and really become an advocate for myself, the better everything that I'm pouring my energy into becomes.
1: I love that. That's great. Mara, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in today. We'll see you at the next podcast. Thank you, Mara.
0: Thank you.